I want you to open your word with me right now to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. We're going right into the word. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 today. Talking about the if factor. The word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Who in the house this morning believes that God can still heal our land? Anybody in the house today? Lord, we're so thankful for you today. Lord, I pray that this word, Lord, would take root into the hearts and lives of some hungry souls. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we go forward with this part of the service, Lord, that every distraction, every conversation, everything uh, that is not in this moment, that does not need to be in this moment, Lord, I pray that it would cease right now. Lord, I pray that every distraction, everything that's fighting for our attention, Lord, right now we're just laying it down at your feet, Lord. And right now we're fixing our eyes up on you. Our ears are in tune with your voice. And right now, oh God, speak to us for we are listening. And we'll give you all the honor and the glory and all of the praise. And the church said amen this morning. Amen and amen. If is such a small word, but yet has a huge impact. We use the word if a lot from day to day. If, it's, it's one of those words there where there's something that's hinging on it. If I lose weight, if I could get that person to notice me. How many of you have ever said this? Don't raise your hand. If I could just win the lottery. If I could get that job, if I could just tell them how I really feel. <clears throat> and this passage is such a powerful statement because it is in a reference to prayer. This passage is taking place during the time that Solomon was dedicating the temple that he had just built to the Lord. And the word says that God appeared to Solomon in the night hours and began to speak to him. Aren't you thankful this morning for a God that still speaks in the night hours? Aren't you thankful for a God that is not like a lot of people, that he's just around when it's good? Aren't you thankful for a God that is speaking when it's dark, when, when even when, 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 when you have no money, you know? Aren't you thankful that he's, that he's a God, not like a lot of other people, just around you when you can get them special access, just around when they need a favor? But he's a God that is in the dark, and he's there when it's rough. He's there when it's tough. He is there. And whenever you feel like you have nothing to offer, isn't it good to know that our God is still there? He's not only there, but he's a God that is there and is speaking. In the dark times of life, he's there and he's speaking. There will be times 
there will be times uh, uh, when 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 uh, he is speaking, when he is he's he's demanding our attention. Uh, he he he's demanding for us to listen. And in this moment, whenever he is speaking to him, it is it it is like he is telling them, "Look, Solomon." Uh, my, these my people there will be times when they will stumble it's like he is giving them a, uh, him a forewarning saying look there will be times when my people will not be acting like my people can anybody testify that we are in times when God's people a lot of times do not act like God's people Amen. It's like he was saying there will be times when they will sin. There will be times when they will fall. And yet, although they deserve it, I will not abandon my people. Aren't you thankful for God's grace today? Aren't you thankful for those moments that he did not give you what you really deserved? Aren't you thankful for it? Even if they lose their minds, he's like, I will be there. Even if they start practicing idolatry, they are still my people. And I will be there when they call. All out, And he said, if, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, if they'll humble themselves when they find themselves in these situations, if they will pray, if they'll seek my face, if they'll turn from their wicked ways, <coughs> excuse me, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. This word was spoken to the nation of Israel, but I am, I, I fully believe that this word is for our nation today. Amen. This word was spoken to Israel, but I believe that God is speaking this same word to the church today. See the power that is being promised to be released to a nation, the power of healing, the power of forgiveness and restoration, the power that's being promised to release to this nation. The whole premises of this word is hinging on one word. And when you look at the text, it's the smallest word inside but it has the biggest emphasis. There's a lot that's riding on this little word. And God does not say, when my people pray, but he says, if, if. This is very interesting to me because, and I want you to take note of it because to me it speaks to the free will of man. The choice, if, God did not create us all the same. Look at your neighbor. Aren't you thankful? God did not program us in our mother's womb to walk around like robots and we're all just doing everything the same and as he commands or as he pushes the buttons. But when he created us in the womb, he gave us a free will and he also put a hunger inside of every person even the doubter, even the atheist, there is a hunger inside of them that cannot be filled by anything other than himself. And he uses the word if because it is a choice. We would all agree that we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory. The word says it. And when we are reviewing all of these matters and details and, and facts, it, it, it is, sin is inevitable, but repentance is optional. Sin is inevitable. You will fall. But repentance, restoration, it is optional. 
Can America be healed today? Can, can America experience revival? Can racism and denominationalism and division be dealt with? The answer to that is if. I know God can do it, but there is an if that is attached to his yes. If. It's a choice. Revival is not something that happens. Revival is when a group of people get together and say, we are choosing. Revival does not happen without prayer. I don't care how good your music is. If you ain't praying, you will not experience revival. If you want revival in your home, start praying now. Revival will not happen unless you are praying. He said, if, and I don't want you to miss these two words, my people. Write those words down, my people. <coughs> All of a sudden, this word becomes inclusive and becomes personal to us. Those two words, he's speaking to the children of God. So if you are a child of God this morning, you are in this verse. He said, my people. It becomes personal. If you miss these two words, my people, you miss the significance of this entire text. Get this. Because God is saying that, yes, there will be moments of national crisis. Yes, there will be moments of kingdom crisis. He's saying there will be times and moments of crisis all throughout the nation. He's saying, yes, there will be moments of crisis inside of the church. He said, but I am putting the responsibility of healing the land, of bringing change. He said, I am putting the responsibility of bringing revival solely on the shoulders of my people. Wow. You should have just felt a weight fall on your shoulder. He said, the condition of the land is responsible or that my people are responsible for the condition of the land. Wow. My people. He, ain't, he didn't say because they're out there, the world's out there acting like crazy people. He said, if my people would just pray, they could change the land. And I was speaking last night as we were in a prayer session, as I was reading those words, my people, Whenever I was reading those words this week, I felt like a weight was put on me. And it felt like one of those things you wear when you're going for an x-ray, that vest that they place on you. It was a heaviness. Because all of a sudden, it was like, it was like a revelation. God was saying, God was saying, I am giving my people everything they need to change their land. And if there is a lack of revival, it's because my people are not praying. If there's a lack of healing, it's because my people are not praying. It's not because the sin of the land. It's not because homosexuality is on the rise. It's because my people are not praying. You have the ability to change the trajectory of a nation. 
You do. He said, there will be times and moments of crisis. He said, but I'm putting that responsibility upon my people. He said, it's time for my people. My people have to rise up. My people have to be the healers. They have to be the restorers. They have to be the revival. And let it be known, America needs revival. That means America needs the church. God is calling to the church in this hour. I see God is calling to the church to rise up in this hour. The sidelines are not for the church. The church was not created to be the bench warmers. The church was created to be the starting lineup and to cultivate it in a nation. God is serious about his people and the call that he has placed on them. He said, if my people, I could change the land. He did not say if the Republicans could get it together. He did not say if the Democrats could get on the right side of the fence. He did not say if the independents could get their act together and choose one side or the other, we could change this thing. He did not say, now listen, this is what we say. If Biden wasn't in there, he can't even make a complete sentence. I don't like him. We blame it on the Democrats. We've blamed the derailing of trains on Democrats. That's what I thought. <laughs> and we'll point our fingers and say, if, if, whenever that happens, God didn't say if the House of Representatives really knew what was going on. He didn't say if the senators really knew what was happening. He said, no, if my people, the church... My people have the ability to change their life. He said, my people have a responsibility and I have given them whatever it takes to turn this nation around. God and his people are the answer for this land. He said, if my people, then he said, who are called by my name. Called. Called means to summon to invite. The truth is that God has been calling the church for a while now. The truth of the matter is God has been calling the church pick up for some time now. And so often he keeps getting a busy signal. God is calling the church to deeper prayer, but we're just too busy. He's calling us, but we are preoccupied. We have our own agendas. Our calendars are full with sports and school. We are busy with our own plans. We are too busy to answer the call that can change the church, that can change our land. God is calling, are you too busy to answer? Whew. Some are giving a busy signal. And then there are other people in the church that are simply call forwarding the call. I'm going to preach this morning. <laughs> Send it to someone else, Lord. I don't really want to deal with that. That's what pastors are for. I don't have time to pray. Let Pastor Chase do it. That's why we pay him to sit in the office and just call out your name over and over, Lord. He's got nothing better to do than pray. Send, send that call to somebody else, Lord. I don't want the warfare, Lord. Send it somewhere else. We used to sing the old song, call him up, call him up, 
Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. We don't mind calling him, but when he calls us, I ain't got time. Lord, send it on down the line. It's too messy, Lord. Revival is messy. Don't pray for revival unless you are ready to get messy. Revival will bring in messy people to your church. Revival will bring in people that don't look like you, smell like you, and talk like you into your church. It will mess your life and your church up. That's why some people don't want it. Us four, no more. Send it on, Lord. I mean, Lord, I'm glad you called me about the fire, but I, I, I want the fire. But I don't want to go out and cut the wood to start the fire. I don't want to kindle the fire. I don't want to stoke the fire. I just want to get up and get all warm and turn around and toast myself and walk out the door and say, whoop, I've been in church today. Lord, I want the fire, but I don't want to cultivate the fire. Lord, I want revival. Thanks for giving me the call, Lord, but send it somebody else. Lord, I'm too busy. Lord, forward it to somebody else, Lord, because I don't have time to be the one to call down the revival. I mean, I want the benefits. I want the t-shirt to say I went there. I want the Instagram post to prove I was there. <coughs> but send the call somebody else. I'm just not ready to work that thing yet. God is calling and some are busy. Some are forwarding his call. And others are sending the call straight to voicemail. Lord, I'll hear you later, but not right now. Lord, I'll hear you when I get out of my 20s. I'll hear you when I get in my 30s. Lord, I'm just in this season. You know, Lord, what it is in my 20s, sowing those wild oaks right now. I just don't have time for it. Lord, this season is not a good one to start that ministry. I'll hear you later. I'll hear you when it's easier. I'll hear you when it's a little more quiet. I'll hear you when it's a little more convenient. And then you have some that just flat out block his call. You want nothing to do with it. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to see it. But right now, how many of you know America needs revival? Rome, Georgia needs revival. There is a yoke over our city. I spoke to it last night. It is a yoke that, 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 that has misinterpreted the spirit. It is a yoke that is quietening the spirit that's flowing from the tongue of a church. And right now, I want to speak to that yoke and say that yoke is being broken over our city. It is no longer a stronghold over our city. Revival. We, we, we need it. Rome needs revival. But who will take the call? Where is the church that will rise up and say, God, if you're looking for somebody, God, if you need somebody, if you're calling somebody, here I am, Lord. I am ready. Where is the church that says, I am ready? He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Humble themselves and pray. This verse is informing us <coughs> that prayer is a prerequisite 
to the healing of a land. Prayer is an invitation to God's presence. Prayer sparks God's power. Prayer brings God's power into our world. Prayer allows us to see the supernatural come into the natural. The very act of prayer is like us waving a white flag. It is a signal to God that says, I cannot make it without you, Lord. Listen, if you are not praying, you are telling the Lord, I don't need you. I hope this is touching somebody's heart today. If you're not praying, you're saying, Lord, I got it all together. (laughs) Lord, I don't need your opinion. Lord, I don't need your input to this. You're saying, Lord, I got it all together. Whenever you pray, it's like a white flag. You're saying, this cannot change without you, God. You're saying, I'll never be able to make it without you, Lord. I was looking at the word humble in this verse. (coughs) Excuse me this morning. (coughs) And I found it interesting because the definition of humble used the word humble in the definition. Although that's not very helpful. But then I was reading and I thought, well, this is actually helpful for today for the church because it said humble means to humble yourself or to be humbled. In the day that we are living, God is speaking to the church. You can either humble yourself or I will humble you. You can either start praying Or I'm going to put you in a place where you will not be able to make it until you pray. You can humble yourself or I will humble you. Is that hit anybody's heart today? He said, this word is to his people. This word is not to the lost. This word is not to... Uh, the world out there acting all worldly and, and sinning. This world is this word is to his people. This is to the church. He said, you can either humble yourself or, or guess what? I will humble the church. I was talking first service and <coughs> unless you've been under a rock somewhere, you've probably seen the posts and news. It's been in national news about the spirit of revival that's happening on college campuses. And it's great, it's wonderful. You know, and then anytime God moves, there's always critics. There will always be critics. There will always be naysayers. There'll always be doubters. And a lot of those people are people that are in the church. And they're wondering, you know, how long is this gonna last? And it's not a real revival until you've reached day so-and-so, you know, when they're given all these things. I don't care if it lasts a day. If a bunch of college kids are getting together for 24 hours, praise the Lord. It was a move. Those kids will never forget this moment. They will die remembering this moment when God moved on their campus. Period. And I was... I'm a friends with a lot of people, pastors, and I saw a pastor 
He said, I'm thinking about starting prayer at my church. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad it took a bunch of college kids two states over to get you the revelation that you need to be praying. Really? But this is the state of the church. They're not praying. Some of you are not praying. Let's get real. And God is calling his people to prayer. Because he can't give the church direction unless you're praying. That's how you get revelation. That's how you hear his voice. If you think you can do it without God, you will either, he will either humble you or you can humble yourself. God knows what it takes to get us to our knees. God knows what it will take to get churches to cry out in his name. In other words, we are going to be humbled. You just need to choose how. The word says that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. You will be humble. And so often we want action. I'm a man of action. I don't like to sit around. If I, I want something done, let's go. I'm always talking about productivity. Let's go. But before you act, before you speak, before you fuss, before you post, you better pray. Because so often we don't want to know what God thinks because we have our own plan and agenda. But the truth is we cannot heal, we cannot restore, we cannot revive until we have humbled ourselves and prayed and received direction and revelation from God. Is there anybody in the house that you say, you know what, that I need some direction today. Anybody that thinks our nation needs some revelation. Anybody that thinks our nation, let's pray. If my people called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face. To seek means to pursue, to run after passionately. He said, if they would just pursue my face, if they would run after my face, see, whenever you want somebody's attention. You want to see them face to face. Am I the only person that almost loses my salvation when I call a number and I have to talk to a robot? Anybody screaming? One! One! I'm not very pastoral in those moments. Whenever you want somebody's attention, I want to see you face to face. Whenever I want my kids' attention, I don't want to be yelling upstairs. And sometimes I will look at them, especially in public, and I will get in their face and I will grip my teeth and my eyes will get big. Do not ever do that again. I mean business when I'm in my kid's face. 
did you not hear what I just said? Turn around. Hey, everyone, how you doing? Anybody ever been there? When you want somebody's full attention, you want to get in their face. When somebody wants your attention, you want in their face. When is the last time you got so desperate for God that you got in his face? Where is the church that will get their faces out of Facebook, faces out of the news, and get on their knees and get in the face of God? God, I'm getting in your face because we need revival. God, I'm getting in your face because my family needs a touch. God, I'm getting in your face because my nation needs you. You need to get this. Because in Exodus 33, God told Moses, if you see my face, you will die. What you got to say about that, Pastor? Starting to sound a little crazy. Starting to sound a little dangerous. Seeking his face is dangerous. Seeking the face of the Lord is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Seeking his face, it's not for those that are worried about what other people think about them. (laughs) It's not for those that are trying to be a modern day influencer and build your followers on Instagram. And this statement is loaded because In one book, he's saying, seek my face. In another book, we're saying, if you see my face, you're going to die. And it almost sounds like this oxymoron, if you will. But he is letting us know that if we really want to seek his face, there is a dying attached to it. Not physically. But in some way, you've got to die to yourself. If you really want his glory... If you really want to grab hold of his face and say, Lord, do you hear me? Lord, I see you. If you really want, there is something that you've got to let go of. And for some of you, you've got to let the agenda go and grab hold of his. For some of you, you've got to die to a mindset. Some of you got to die to doubt, die to religion, die to tradition. Where is the church that will say, Lord, kill this thing inside of me that keeps getting in the way because I just want to see your face. If my people call by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. How often do we want things to change, but we want to stay the same? How often do we want turnarounds without turning? We want a breakthrough without breaking. Lord, do it, but I'm not changing. Lord, send the fire, but I'm not changing anything to get the fire. And you need to get this. It's not turning from one thing to another. It's turning from the wicked ways to Jesus. The word wicked in the Hebrew means, get this, malignant. A cancer. 
God is speaking to someone and your wicked ways are killing you. They are like a cancer inside of you. You have wicked mindsets. They are altering your destiny. They are distorting your purpose. They are holding back what he wants to do for you. But the church must rise up and say, Lord, heal our wicked ways. I saw this. A sick church in a dying world is a tragedy. A dead church in a dying world is a tragedy. A prayerless church in a dying world is a tragedy. Man, help me out. It's a tragedy. Because my people, the church, has the answer to the problem. And it comes by prayer. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will. Your if leads to his will. Your if leads to his will. He said, if, then I will hear from heaven, forgive sin, heal their land. I will hear from heaven, forgive and heal, if. As I mentioned last week, God is looking for listeners. And he is looking for a listener And his ear is in tune with the church. And get this. Because what he hears from us will determine how much we hear from him. (laughs) What he hears from us will determine how much we hear from him. In other words, we won't hear from heaven until heaven hears from earth. I'm going to say that again. I don't think it's getting in some of your heads. We will not hear from heaven until heaven hears from earth. I've preached it a lot of times throughout the years. But in the supernatural, it's reversed. Because here on earth, we sit and wait for something to happen, and then we make a noise. We watch our team. And we're waiting and waiting. And when they get into the end zone, then we release the sound. But in the heavens, it's opposite. Because first, we release the sound. And then the heavens open. And heaven is waiting for a church to release the sound. Heaven is waiting for my people, his people, the church, to release the sound. And I hear God saying today, as soon as I hear from you, you will hear from me. Just if, if Shama, I said last week, means to hear. Get this. That means he is Jehovah Shama, the God who hears. He's Elroy, the God who sees, and he's Jehovah Shama, the God who hears you. The word says, they that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because he hears you. Aren't you thankful? He says, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things. Why? 
How? Because he hears you. He said, I am Jehovah Shammah. And the word says, I am also Jehovah Rapha. I will hear and it leads to your healing. This is, this is a, there is a moment like last night when we were in here, just spontaneous prayer. <coughs> and people were everywhere laid out, some sitting, walking, whatever. It's in those moments, whenever you are pursuing God, when he goes from a God that just hears to a God that can heal. It's in those moments you are pressing and pursuing that he's no longer just a God that will hear you, but he's a God that will heal you. There is a moment, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to call on him until Shama becomes my Rapha. I said, I'm ready to call on Shama till it becomes my Rapha. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a church to call on Shama until we see Rapha in our land. I'm ready to hear and call on the one that can hear me until healing falls on our nation. I just feel like help is on the way this morning. Anybody feel it with me? Come on, would you just get up on your feet with me this morning? I said, I feel like help is on the way today. Come on, will you just raise up your hands today and say, Lord, I hear you. Come on, say it, Lord, I hear you. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. God is listening and he's looking. He's looking for the church. He's looking for his people.